Hey, before we get started with the actual podcast, just wanted to give you guys an update on everything. So, it's going to be a little different for the playoffs and going into the off season. I think we're going to transition to one episode a week, because there won't be as much to talk about. I know, I know. But, at least for the playoffs, I plan on having a guest every single week to recap and talk about the upcoming playoff games. It's going to be a wild playoff bracket. I can't wait, and... I couldn't do it without someone who knows way more about football than I do. And I had a great time recording this, and I think you guys are going to have a good time listening to it as well. So without any further delay, let's get right into the show. Thank you again for listening, and I love you all. Start with that. Hold up. (laughs) All right. So we're getting into it. No episode on Tuesday. Apologies for that. But I wanted to save everything. Have something, someone to bounce things off of. So I'm bringing in someone who knows way more about football than I do. Which is a good thing because we only have six games to talk about this week. Because the playoffs have arrived. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about week 18 cleanup wise. Uh, bringing in my man, one of my good friends, Luke Eichen, who has a brother that was also on the show not too long ago talking about Call of Duty. But Luke, you are probably the most level-headed, but also most right about what the Hawks were this season. So welcome. Go Yeah, on. thank you. Glad to be here. Go off about the Hawks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the emotions right now aren't as strong as they were on Sunday. Um, but I I was just so happy that we made the playoffs because, I mean, I had the Hawks at 10 or 7 or 9 and 8. And all I heard all offseason when I'd like, I, I would give that record prediction was just go, like, go away, go on a hike. Like, no one, no one gave the Hawks a shot. Like, media, friends. Like, even my Seahawk friends were like, oh, I think we're going to be, like, six, six wins this year or so. I was the only one that was hype on them. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's pride or um, – I, I just – I think I was definitely higher on Geno Smith than anyone else, but – Well, and yeah, it's funny because we, we had a preview of this Hawks team, even without the – probably one of the better rookie classes that they've had – that anyone's had in a long time last year. Like, Gino acquitted himself fine last year, but I think with Russ, the mystique was still there. Um, obviously, Russ was fine before he broke his thumb, then he rushed back in four weeks and then was arguably the worst quarterback on the field whenever whoever he was playing. But, oh, yeah. I mean, even I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. But I... I didn't see Russ being that terrible. And now it's like, well, shoot, Russ. You're missing out, pal. You are. Where where are the Hawks? Uh, I have the draft order pulled up. The Hawks are picking at five. Yeah, thanks to the Broncos winning and the Colts having an epic loss. Or, sorry, Colts won. Or no, they lost. No, they, no, they lost because they yeah. now have the second pick and the Bears have the first. Who, who? So, 
do the Hawks take a quarterback at five? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they do at five. I think they do at their later pick at 17. Cause I think the fact that they hit on their draft class this year, um, they have a lot of time before they have to pay Charles Cross, Tariq Woolen, Abraham Lucas, and all these guys that they drafted in that, including Kenneth Walker. I forgot his name. Um, they have a couple of years, so I think they're really going to consider re-signing Geno Smith. But I think later in the draft, I think they should really consider drafting one of the more toolsy guys like an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis. Just because um, you'll have all the guys on the rookie deal. Geno Smith, uh, he'll hold down the team for a couple of years, but it, I mean, he's old and he'll be expensive. And you really got to hone in on, I, I think, a big Super Bowl window. Like you look at the Bengals and the Chargers in the playoffs. Um, when, when you have a quarterback on that rookie deal, that's such a huge chance to win a Super Bowl. So I think the Seahawks could look forward to um, – having like a toolsy guy with a couple of years behind Geno Smith, learn the Shane Waldron offense. And um, hopefully they could get the most out of a guy like that, just because Geno's going to be expensive going forward. I think it really just depends on what contract Geno's looking for, because there's no way they're going to be paying him $35, $40 million a year. Like he, he's, he, he's had a great year out of nowhere, but he, it reminded me a lot of the Jacoby Brissett year after Luck retired, where Jacoby started off the year pretty strong, stronger than anyone thought he was going to be. Then he got injured, missed several games midway through the season, came back, he was okay, and then they kind of limped and missed the playoffs. I, I Look, Gino turned me into a believer halfway through the season that he struggled a lot through the middle and then kind of – I, I mean, I we'll get to the game in a few minutes, but I think the Seahawks should be nothing but happy with how this year went. Granted, expectations shifted when they started. What well, they start seven and two? I think was that their record? It was. Yeah, they they got to six and four, I believe, before they four. went on kind of a losing streak. But, uh, but yeah, it, I mean, I'm happy with nine and eight too. So. It's definitely a positive season, just like you said, and you hit the hammer on the nail on that. Well, and having the fifth overall pick while making the playoffs, having your own first-round pick. How many first-round picks did they get for Russ? Was it three? Uh, just two. I think so they – because of the Jamal Adams trade, they didn't have their the 10th overall pick last year that the Jets got Garrett Wilson with. But – the Seahawks got Charles Cross, which was a great pickup with that nine spot from the Russ trade. And then they have uh um they have the first a first round pick from the Broncos this year and then a second round pick. So they they'll have four in the top fifty this year. Assuming they lose to the 49ers, which is definitely probably gonna happen. I I, I pray for you guys in, in Seattle. Uh, Grand, we, we will be at a wedding during that, so we won't know really what's going on. We won't we won't be able to watch it? But yeah, I'm not I'm not predicting a, an upset in that game for sure. But I guess that kind of leads me into the the Sunday night game, the penultimate game of the regular season. Do you think Rogers retires? 
I don't think he's done. I I think yeah. that I, I, I just I feel like not enough credence was given to the fact that he really didn't have any receivers. Like you're asking Alan Lazar to come into this year and be your number one receiver. Granted, Rogers uh he looked really off on some of his deep throws. Like I the Miami game in particular sticks out in my brain of him just completely missing dudes downfield. But the amount of drops that he had, and of course our great mutual friend and my brother will will attest that I don't think Rodgers has lost it, but you're asking him to make do with a bunch of rookies and a guy in Lazard who I don't think would be the second best receiver on half the teams in the NFL. It's not fair to 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 put all of this on Rodgers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I it, I feel like Rodgers should definitely move to a team that's Super Bowl ready if he's playing for more accolades. Um, just because, I mean, the Packers' downfall this year was definitely the defensive side of the ball. I think everyone could attest coming into the season that they were going to be a playoff team because they'll be able to run the ball with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and have the stud defense with Jair Alexander. They they just look so good in the offseason. And, I mean, the way it just formulated this year was so poor. And, I mean, at, at this stage in Rodgers' career, if he wants to get another Super Bowl, I think he should definitely – um, get off the Packers. I mean, that's just my thoughts. And I mean, you you might have a little upside with having Christian Watson uh, coming around at the end of the year, but I just don't think he has the weapons. Um, the O line's pretty young, and the obviously when you have who, who's their defensive coordinator? I want to say Joe Woods, but I feel like that's the Browns. Uh, let me look it up real quick. It, 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 it's Joe Barry. I yeah, it was a Joe, and it wasn't Joe Woods. Yeah, but... Joe Barry. Yeah, if because I I think Zach sent in a thing on Twitter that Joe Barry's going to be the D coordinator next year. Like Rogers needs to get out of there, and they just need to start the Bryce Love era. Uh oh, you mean Jordan Love? Yeah, Jordan Love. Sorry, yeah. always yeah, get I... those names mixed up. Bryce Young, Jordan Love. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know who would trade for – I think the Jets, if I were Rodgers, and I don't know if he has a no-trade clause in his contract like Russ did. But if I'm Rodgers, I'm not going to Vegas because then I'm in a division with Herbert, obviously Mahomes, and whatever the Broncos decide. If, if the Broncos get Sean Payton or John Harbaugh of – Watch out that that could be that could be a good pick for a rebound team. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because God, yeah, what Russ showed the last couple weeks without Hackett, he he looked like old Russ. So, like I I know I could like come up here and be the biggest Russ hater ever, but I I think he still has a little bit of juice in him after watching those last two games. If they get Harbaugh or um, Peyton. Yeah, he might not be the guy who's consistently missed out on the MVP voting because somebody else just had a record set here. But I I, I don't want to believe that he fell off the face of the earth like Peyton when he's only 
34 years old. I mean, he was in the same class as Luck, RG3. Um, like he's not that old to have fallen off and be this bad. And maybe he's not in the position to overcome the coaching anymore, but I don't think he's this bad. And no, I don't think nobody saw this for Russ. So, mm-hmm. deal with that. But the most fun team to miss the playoffs, though, the poor Detroit Lions. I, I know that Detroit Lions fans are happy that they got to knock the Packers out, but I, I think this team would have been a lot of fun going up against the Niners. I still think the Niners would have won, but that offense is electric to watch. And Goff acquitted himself pretty well when he's been miserable on the road. Detroit finished 9-1 and on the season uh, uh, starting in November. Which, if I don't know how you can be anything but happy about that, because people were calling for Dan Campbell's job halfway through this season. Uh, I think you got a lot to be happy for with the Lions. You got the sixth overall pick from the Rams, which I don't really know what's going on with the Rams anymore. Sean McVay gone. Um, yeah, that that turned that quickly turned that might be the quickest turnaround for a Super Bowl team that I've ever seen in my life. The Rams. I, I does Stafford come back? Does McVay come back? I I don't know what the hell happened with this franchise to where the coach is gone potentially. Yeah, I mean, as a Hawks fan, I can't complain about that because I've. I've seen Sean McVay and Aaron Donald torment my life for the last however long. So, um, I mean, I like I'm not gonna lie; it, it was kind of an off year with the injuries that they had. But I think the Rams will come back um, as long as McVay's there. I think they'll have a little bit of um, offensive potency there. But it's just weird to see him thinking about retiring so early because he started he, he took over the coaching job 17 he's gone to two super bowls one one and now it's like he doesn't want to be part of the rebuilding process like well that's just kind of what you do when you go all in every single year eventually if key guys get injured and it was a knock against the rams last year it just didn't materialize until this year that you lose your quarterback uh, Aaron Donald goes down. Cooper Cup goes down. Um, and what are you left with? A bunch of no names trying to compete against teams that are have way more depth than you. But yeah, well, I'm curious to see what the Rams do. Lions, I don't think they have any reason but to be excited. The AFC or not the AFC? The NFC North is as wide open as it's been. Because I don't know about you. I don't trust the Vikings to reign supreme over this division for the next several years. I think the Lions could take it, especially if Rodgers is gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I – like, honestly, this, the only – so if anyone didn't know, the Seahawks only got the playoff spot because we beat the Lions when they're in that cold spill. I think they are like, one in six at the time or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it – like the Lions the whole time, they've always had a good offense this whole year. The defense didn't hit their stride till they got on that nine and one run that you're talking about. Cause I mean, we beat the, I think the Hawks beat the Lions like 48 to 45 is like a ridiculously high scoring game. Well, so we, we lucked out on that so much. 
Well, and in that game, too, like Amon Ra wasn't in. DeAndre Swift was injured. I think they were missing Hawkinson as well. Like the Lions were down several key players. And the Hawks, I mean, it was it was absurd. I, I think it was, yeah, you were right. It was high 40s for the both of them. The over, I think, almost doubled in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, 48, 45. Back in, oh, my. God, October second. <sighs> yeah, I, I I'm very happy to get to the off season because I think it's almost as fun as the regular season. I love seeing where players go, especially now with the last five years, players are on the move more than ever. It's almost turned into the NBA in that aspect, where um, guys request for trades, guys move on faster. Uh, very curious to see the coaching changes. Um, I, I hope, you know, I, I really do hope that the Colts look hard and long at this season and decide that Jeff Saturday indeed was the best candidate <laughs> for the job. Uh, going one and seven after firing Frank Reich for going three, five and one with the same team. You know, he, he really did a master class in tanking. Winning that first game against the Raiders really brought him some cachet because he's been miserable ever since then. And I wish nothing but bad fortunes on this franchise. <sighs> oh, yeah. And then the Texans, the Texans just, wow. Way to go out, Lovey. Way to go out. That's yeah. Like, that. honestly, props to Lovey Smith. Like, like if, if the franchise is going to fire you, like, screw them out of the number one pick. That's how you do it. Right, and it may end up being inconsequential because the Texans may be like, well, we like Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, so big whoop. But still, the fact that Lovey goes out with the middle fingers, uh, I, I think he's probably done in the NFL. Uh, I'm kind of shocked he got the job last year. Um, mm-hmm. And then and we can talk about the draft order some other time. But is there anything else from Week 18 that caught your eye aside I guess we can talk about the Cowboys in a few minutes when we talk about the game, but I'm yeah. the NFC is as shaky as it's ever been. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in any of them except for one team. Yeah, I think we'll get to it later. I definitely have confidence in two of those teams, but um, I think as a Hawks fan, I think the biggest takeaway is because we were slotted in the third overall pick. I mean, the Broncos were bound to beat the Chargers. We'll talk about Staley being an idiot though uh, during that game. Um, but because the Broncos won and then the uh, Colts lost, I think we jumped from the third overall pick to the fifth overall pick. So it'll be interesting to see um, if the Bears trade away that pick, which I think they should because they used their 32nd overall pick on Chase Claypool for some <laughs> reason. But, but yeah, I think um, – if you want to get more to draft talk, that could be something down the line or, um, but if you want to talk about draft order now, yeah, we, out to Lovey Smith and we can, we can do an episode, a full episode on the draft order. Uh, once the Super Bowl is over and the playoffs have concluded, but why don't we get right into it? So kick yeah. off on Saturday at two thirty PM. No, 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. Hawks at 49ers. San Francisco is favored by 10. The line hasn't moved at all. Which I don't expect it to. I, I, 
Honestly, if this was San Francisco minus 14, I still wouldn't be shocked. You know, all, there's all this talk about teams playing each other three times in a row. You know, the, the fateful Bucks saints rivalry in 2020 where the Saints routed the Bucks twice in the regular season and then lost in the wild card round. Do you see an avenue for the Hawks beating the Red Hot 49ers with maybe if he played a few more games, potential rookie of the year, Brock Purdy, Mr. Completely, totally relevant. Is there a way the Hawks could pull this off? Yeah, well, I mean, the the statement always stays any given Sunday. You could always get refs on your side, turnovers, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, throughout the playoffs, like, you can't count any of these games out. Like, don't be surprised if um, anything crazy happens. But if we're being realist here, you know, the Hawks, two young tackles, O-line shaky. Um their defense, I mean, all, although they've played good the last two weeks, their opponents were the Jets and the Rams. Uh, I think the the 49ers have destroyed them both times this year on that outside zone, and George Kittle's been wide open every every play. So, I, yeah, I just don't see how the Seahawks, Seahawks win this game. I mean, I have every reason to just, like, come up here and BS how the Seahawks could win, but – you know, we're, we'll be at the wedding, and if they win, I'll be running around and celebrating, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it would really – for me, it would completely shake up the NFC because I think the Niners run through the conference. With how great they've been playing, with how well Brock has acquitted himself, I don't think the playoffs are going to be too big for him because I, I, he came in with zero expectations the Niners were down to the last guy with Jimmy G and Trey Lance both going down and and there were talks when Jimmy G went down that he could be back for the divisional round I'm not hearing a peep of that anymore and that's because Brock has been every bit as good as Jimmy G if not better because he's healthier he actually does push the ball down the field every once in a while and he knows his role get the ball to McCaffrey get the ball to Kittle and Debo when he comes back, same thing. Ayuk has having, I wouldn't say a breakout year, but he's been, he's become the receiver that I thought he was. And with the quarterback who's not turning the ball over very well or very much, and against a defense with the Hawks who I think is underrated, but um, I don't think he'll have any trouble Getting actually, now I'm just reminding myself. The last time the Hawks played the Niners was on that Thursday night. They lost 21 to 13, but that was the game where Nick Bosa's strip sack fumble was called dead. Uh, that would have gone for a touchdown. In fact, I'm pretty sure he had two in that game. So that score doesn't really indicate what happened in that game. Now that I'm remembering it, I I, I, I like the Niners. Um, I have a upset or two in my picks, but it's not this one. Yeah, I have a couple too. I don't see how the Hawks can do it. And like I said, it should not be a bad thing for the Hawks losing. Obviously, you want to win. But you have the fifth overall pick. You're going to have a pick in the low 20s. You've had 
a better season than anyone thought you were going to have, except for you, who <laughs> hit the on the head. But I think with the Hawks, like you said, with the opponents that they played, and the Hawks didn't look particularly good against either team. Like Mike White couldn't move whatsoever. He couldn't throw. And the Hawks were able to get away with a the victory there. And they, I didn't think Geno looked that great against the Rams on Sunday. I I don't, I don't know. I think Nick Bose is going to eat Geno Smith alive. So, Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Like, I, I think this is the easiest game of the week to pick, which inevitably means that it's going to be either an upset or the Hawks keep it way closer than I think it is. Yeah, I think – I I – like if I were to bet on this game, I obviously won't because I don't bet against my team. But I I'd pick 40, 49ers minus ten just because I think the Hawks have played other than the Chiefs and the 49ers, they've they've uh, kept every game within one possession. But the 49ers are just a different animal, especially against two rookie tackles with Nick Bosa. Like Gino's just praying that he stays alive after the game, honestly, every time. So. Yeah, I like I I could come up here and give my Seattle agenda and BS, but oh, like realistically, they it honestly set I, they added the seventh seed. I don't know if it should really be a thing because it. I mean, so far the seven seeds zero and four. Hey, Both yeah. of the seven seeds are like a ten point spread. Yeah, that for a sec. What so? As I, I feel like the NFL is moving towards wanting to have 16 in the playoffs like what the NBA does. I am vehemently against it because, like you said, the teams so far are 0-4 after this, after this year. Or has it been – is this the third year now that they're having seven seeds? Because they had it last year. It was the Steelers and the um, – Is the Buccaneers and uh, Eagles. I think it's the second year they had it. So – yeah, I actually looked into the seventh seed versus two seed a little bit, and I think so. There's been four games; three of them even blown out. The only one that's been close was the Colts with Philip Rivers against the Bills. It was a three point game. Yeah, yeah, and they were driving down to potentially tie or win that game too. I. It's cool. I love having more games. A super wild card weekend. It's fun. I'm never going to complain about more football, even though I totally get it from the player side why they absolutely hate it. Like the 18th week, I think was stupid. 16 weeks was perfect. I don't. I'm fine with having no more football after week 17. But I'm even more against the seventh seed because, like for the last, it was better than a buy against the Steelers. It it. it it, that that game was a route quick, and then the Bucks versus the Eagles, same thing. It was a route, and we stopped watching halfway through. Um, I'm kind of shocked that they because they have the Dolphins and Bills at 10 a.m. on Sunday as the kickoff game. Um, and I don't unless Tua plays that game, I don't see how that's particularly competitive. So, but getting back to the Niners and Seahawks, I, I'm with you. Get rid of the seventh seed. We don't need it. Um, nobody asked for it. It's six was perfect, and I'm gonna go Niners minus ten. And obviously, Niners it. Is that your official prediction too? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. 
we'll solidify it on podcasts, even though my heart hates it, but we got to do it to be one to know. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you just know like some shenanigans is going to happen in the first game and it's going to upset me, whatever. All right. This is probably my favorite game of the weekend. Saturday night, 5.15 p.m. kickoff. Chargers at Jaguars. So the Chargers are one-point favorite. So they're getting the nod even though they're the away team. We can talk about this now. Staley is a fucking goober for leaving his players in way into the third quarter. And in fact, I don't think Herbert got pulled until the fourth quarter which is ridiculous i understand because uh, i i was listening to a lot of podcasts and a lot of reading a lot of articles to try and figure out why i get don't allow a lot of padded practices anymore and they want to get guys reps but when your team is as prone to injury as the chargers have been for basically my whole life you gotta keep these guys on ice especially mike williams like why why are you tempting fate let him hurt his back. And... I don't know if he's going to play this week now. And Joey Bosa, same thing. With that being said, Brandon Staley being a dum-dum. Really wishing that they had hired Brian Dable. I can't believe it came down between those two and Staley got the nod over him. I'm going to take the Chargers here purely because I think, look, as much as Brandon Staley is a dum-dum, um. Oh my! Why am I blanking? The Jaguars head coach. Why am I blanking on his name right now? Sorry, who's coach? The Jaguars head coach. Why am I? Oh, uh, Doug Peterson. Yeah, Doug Peterson. Like Doug Peterson's prone to doing some stupid stuff at times too. And look, Trevor Lawrence. He had an amazing stretch from like mid-November to December, but the last two games that he's played, I have not been particularly impressed with him. Herbert. I, I feel like him finally getting in here, he's going to raise his game. We saw it against the Raiders last year. He did everything in his power to will this team to the playoffs, and it came down to a, I guess, a spite field goal that the Raiders did to kick the Chargers out of the playoffs. I'm, I'm taking the Chargers here, and I'm obviously going to take the minus one. I don't expect the Jaguars to lose it by a point. I think it'll be a very close game because that's all the Chargers know how to do unless they're facing Baker, Mayfield, and the Rams. But it's really contingent on the injury report. But even then, I think I'd still take the Chargers, even if Mike Williams and Joey Bosa miss. Yeah. Yeah. I This was definitely – I think this with the Giants and Vikings were probably the hardest for me to decide because – especially because Joey Bosa's coming back. Um, You know, the pass rush is going to be there. I think on both sides, like, I think Jacksonville's back to Saxonville. They they actually have like a really good pass rush that, and they'll have the crowd on their side. Um, I was listening to a podcast that Sean Payton was on actually, and he was talking about how the hardest game to predict is the four versus five seed because the four seed's always like this division winner that like doesn't have a lot of wins, and then the five seeds this powerhouse that has a lot of wins and everyone loves them as a favorite but you cannot under underestimate being at home with that crowd with the four seed and I think 
what he he was mentioning was when the Seahawks were seven and nine against the Saints, who were eleven and five in the Super Bowl. Um, they won the Super Bowl last year. Um, that was when the beast quake was with Marshawn Lynch and the Seahawks upset the Saints in the playoffs. So, you know, given given that Jacksonville has they got the defense, I think they got dogs on the D line. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence is starting to develop. Um, Doug Peterson, uh, Super Bowl winning coach, and I, I honestly just can't trust Staley enough. So, and I, I, I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. He's probably my favorite quarterback in the league. Um, if I wasn't a Seahawks fan, I'd probably be a Chargers fan. But I think Jacksonville wins this game just because of home field advantage and uh, Brandon Staley. So I know you and I are part of the Herbert Mafia or whatever they call us because uh, obviously there's the two and on that are blindfully like, hey, I got nothing against Tua. I've said it. I have nothing against them, but uh, I have eyes and I, I do watch the games. I, I don't know how you can take Tua over Herbert. Um, like I said, yeah, Herbert on this Dolphins team, it would be a pick em against the Bills. Straight up. Herbert and those two receivers, oh, my gosh. Oh, I'd give anything. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be funny. Like, like the fact that – like, get get Justin Herbert out of this Sean Payton system that's full of these quick routes and everything. The dude is like Josh Allen could throw it 70 yards from the other hash. Like, if he had Mike McDaniel – because Mike McDaniel's – from that Shanahan scheme that loves that wide zone and gets off the play action. Like, I, th- I think it's a damn that we haven't seen a quarterback like Herbert in that system. Cause it, it will be ridiculous. You know, it's funny because everyone's like, well, Hey, if the chargers lose, maybe they'll just fire Staley and get Peyton, but I'm with you. I don't think Peyton's system worked that well with Herbert. Obviously what he did with breeze wouldn't work well with Herbert. Maybe he'd change it, but God, I, I just I wish Dable came to coach because Dable with Allen was amazing last year, and then Dable made Dable made everyone question whether or not Daniel Jones is good. Which for three years we were like, no, he's not that good, and now this year we're like, ah, maybe he doesn't really have any receivers. Like, maybe, we'll see. I, I think Dable with Herbert, Herbert would have been MVP. Oh yeah. And it, it just it breaks my heart that it didn't pan out that way. Um, I don't think Staley's a horrible coach, but his question-making is – or his decision-making is questionable at best sometimes. And I, I do agree that I think it's going to come down to the last five minutes and one of these two coaches is going to make some stupid decision that's going to cost them the game. I want to see the Chargers advance. I, I have been a closet Chargers fan – because I root for terrible teams um, all the way back to the days of LT. In fact, I still have his jersey somewhere in my possession. I don't know where I put it. Um, and the fact that the Chargers actually only have like five fans to begin with, I feel like, you know, why, why not root for the Chargers? They have the best jerseys in the NFL. They always have electric players, but something always seems to go horribly wrong. They are the, they are the Vikings of the AFC. And, uh, spoiler alert, I have them going to the championship game, actually. So we can, we can get to that in a little bit. But for this game, 
I'm going to take the Chargers to not upset their 25 fans, including me. Uh, you all, you you said that Herbert's your favorite quarterback. Yeah. Do you have top five locked and loaded? It's just, I I love lists and I love hearing other people's opinions on quarterbacks. My list has changed this year as well. Yeah. I think. I mean, unless you're a fanboy of someone, I think Mahomes number one and Josh Allen number two. Like, if, if you don't disagree with that, it, it's definitely because you're a fan of another quarterback, so you'll definitely have bias there. I think those are definitely locked and loaded at two. And then three and four, you could debate it. I, I hope that we get more clearance during these playoffs um, between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Um, but, you know, if – if you want that Tom Brady-esque, like, poise, ball on the spot, um, swagger, take Joe Burrow. If you want that, like, future upside person you create in Madden, take Justin Herbert. I, I just want to let their careers play out and then decide whether I want them at three or four or whatever. Um, but then number five's hard. I think those are your solidified top four. Agreed. At At five – um. Ooh, I I think I sent you out a list where I put Jalen Hurts here, but I I I can't do that. Um. I I honestly would put Lamar Jackson there because his I mean if he could stay healthy, I feel like the Ravens would be consistently up there for competing for the number one seed with the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals every year. For now on out, so it, it's it's honestly a a factor of health, but I I'd put Lamar at five. No, I'm, I am very much for Lamar. The fact that he hasn't gotten paid is absurd. I get that the the Sean Watson fully guaranteed contract threw a wrench into everything, but he should be paid. The fact that it's possible he gets traded in the offseason, I think, is insane. I can't remember the last time we've had a quarterback of his stature possibly being traded this early in his career. He's already won an MVP. He's won a playoff game. He's been to the playoffs twice. He's never, ever had a stalwart true number one receiver. Uh, Hollywood Brown is good, but he's a great two. He's like a T. Higgins, but he's not a one. And Rashad Bateman looked like he was going to be that one, and then he got injured. Um, and Mark Andrews, look, he's probably the second – I'd probably put him in third best tight end in the league. But um, like like we saw with the Chiefs, you still got to have receivers around your stalwart tight end. Uh, he's never had the help that he should have, um, especially four years into his career. He doesn't get talked about enough as being one of the better quarterbacks in the league. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think that top five is that's. I, I think that's cut and dry, at least in my opinion. I, you can debate six through ten. You can put so many different quarterbacks in there. I mean, I could see people putting Dak in that list. I wouldn't at this rate. I could see people still putting Rodgers and Brady in that top ten. Um, Tua, if he ever plays again. I could see someone putting him there. Jalen Hurts, obviously. Um, Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be everybody's top 10 by the end of this year, no matter what they finish in the playoffs. 
It's a good time to be an NFL fan, and especially for the AFC where you have six quarterbacks provided Lamar plays. Um, yeah, it's a good time to be an NFL fan. But last thing I'll say on this game is that Mike Williams received good news. He re- he had more than a contusion on his back. Which I still don't know if that's a good thing. Uh he will, he will supposedly be available for Saturday, which is great. Uh, both of the same things should be available. So, I guess no harm, no foul with with the big guys. And Kenneth Murray Jr. should be good to go, too. So, that makes me feel even better about my pick. Uh, I, I'm really just – I'm pulling. It's a battle of the Goldilocks for the best hair in the NFL. Right now, between these two quarterbacks, and I, I'm not gonna lie, it's the game I'm excited for the most. I think the rest of them I am looking forward to because it's playoff football. But this game, we're gonna be at a wedding, so we're probably gonna miss most of it. It's gonna make me sad, but I am very much looking forward to this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate that we'll we'll probably miss it, but hey, Rick's getting married, so yeah, it'll be more fun. It will. It will. It's you know what there's very few people I'd sacrifice watching playoff football for so take it as the highest honor that we're willing watching it especially this game all right a game I wouldn't mind missing Dolphins at Bills Bills started as ten and a half point favorites they're now nine point favorites there's been talk that Tua could play this week I don't know how there's any way that he plays this week especially given that he's had. Two confirmed, but we all know he had he had got concussed in that game against the Bills. Like let's let's not fool ourselves. It wasn't a back injury that he had. Uh, I don't see there's any way that he plays. Um, oh yeah, he hasn't passed protocol yet. He is. Uh, there's no there is no indication that he's playing this week. He still has steps to clear in the protocol. Teddy Bridgewater could be back for this, but he's got that dislocated pinky. So it's looking like it's going to be Skylar Thompson. And this game, if it's Skylar Thompson, this game to me is Chiefs Steelers from last year. It's going to start out close. And honestly, I think it'll be like the Patriots game that the Bills had last week and the Bears game from a couple weeks ago that the Bills had where It'll be closer than we thought it was going to be come halftime, and in the second half, the Bills blow the doors off the Dolphins because they're just much better. What scares me in this game is the Bills' defense, particularly the pass defense. I don't trust them, um, but Skylar Thompson doesn't scare me. So at least in this game, I'm taking the Bills, and I'm taking them with the points as well. I, I don't see any way that two are – Teddy play this week, and even then, I don't know if it matter because the Bills under Josh Allen, they've gotten better in the playoffs. <clears throat> you know, since the AFC Championship game against the 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 Chiefs, Allen's been unreal in the playoffs. He was mm-hmm. amazing against the Pats last year, and if Patrick Mahomes didn't have 13 seconds, he would have been in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals and. Look, I love the Bengals and all. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. But I think the Bills might have actually won that game because the Bills don't do the thing the Chiefs do where the Chiefs get up to a giant lead and then just kind of sit there. The Bills will 
put their foot on your throat and make sure that you were dead before they uh, stopped trying. So, yeah, I, I got the Bills pretty comfortably in this game. Yeah, I I feel like I'm the only one in the world that I, I think this is actually going to be a close game where it's potential upset territory, even with Skylar Thompson in. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to eat these words when we watch this game because I, I remember when earlier in the year I, I was hyping up when the Titans were playing in Buffalo and their 10-point underdogs. They got absolutely blasted. So, yeah, I, you know, it's one of the situations where Mike McDaniel, he runs like a really interesting running scheme. And Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, the last time they were in Buffalo, they actually averaged like seven yards a carry. So I could definitely see a scenario where it's almost like that Commanders Eagles game earlier this year where the commanders upset the Eagles where, um, you know, just r- run, 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 run four yards, four yards, just take the ball away from Josh Allen's hands. The dolphins actually have a pretty good pass rush. They have Jalen Phillips, uh, Christian Watkins, uh, Bradley Chubb, who they just traded for. Although I thought that was a bad trade, but he's still, he's still a pretty good pass rusher. Um, yeah, he wasn't worth a first, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Uh, it will be, as of right now, the forecast is showing 31 degrees, bright and sunny. Um, Dolphins probably going to have to have their heaters out with, with the temperature. That, That's true. No precipitation whatsoever, and it looks like there's no snow coming in Buffalo at all. So, yeah, as ideal conditions as you would want in Buffalo in mid-January. But I, I, you, you do bring up a good point because, again, it's a team facing another team the third time. Uh, it's 1-1. And the Dolphins, look, Bills eked that game out against the Dolphins uh, on Christmas. Because, right, they, they were running the ball down the Bills' throat that game. And if they kept doing it, they could have won that game. I don't know why they went away from it. Bills get that at the end with a last-second field goal to take it. Yeah, it just comes down to the fact that I think Josh Allen in the playoffs is one of those guys who gets better. You know, as much as I Peyton Manning's my favorite player of all time, he did get worse in the playoffs consistently. He he didn't elevate his game, and Mahomes does the same thing. Mahomes becomes a different beast in the playoffs. He is on another level. I, I just feel like he goes balls to the wall doing whatever it takes to win this game. And I think that Buffalo, I don't want to call them the team of destiny, but I want them to be because I want them to win the Super Bowl. Uh, nothing would make me happier than to see Buffalo finally get one. I think this, I think this, I'm not going to say it's better than a bye this week, but Dolphins kind of limp in after barely beating the Jets, which they could have fought <laughs> in freaking Joe. You couldn't beat Joe freaking Flacco. <laughs> By more than what four points, I think it was. Um, yeah. Imagine taking the Jets three and a half after that safety. Oh, that was stuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't have much else to say other than I think Bills take this game easily. 
Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, on my playoff bracket, I have Bills winning. Just because I know if Miami goes this running game route and they solely drive downfield, like, Josh Allen could score in 20 seconds. Like, you, right. you, you can't fool that guy. Like, you'll be like, oh, we're up three because we – and they have a minute left because we ran the ball the whole time. It's like Josh Allen's going to go dot, 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 touchdown. You're – get out of here Miami so I, I have the Bills winning but I think one of my favorite bets is Miami covering just because the spread's so big and I think they're gonna take advantage of the running game it I won't be shocked if because I think if you like Miami I think man I think you can wait on this number too because I think if Skylar Thompson is confirmed to be starting this number is gonna go up to like minus 12 uh pretty quick oh yeah no yeah. one bet on Skylar Thompson and if you can get Miami later in the week I, I think if you are going to bet the underdog in this game just wait until we get confirmation that Tua is not starting and Teddy's not starting because this to me feels like a line that we, we don't fully know what's happening with the quarterback position in this quite yet yeah oh yeah betting advice from someone who's terrible at betting um all right, I think this is my least favorite game of the week because I don't really like either of these teams. Giants visiting the Minnesota Vikings again. We already saw this game, uh, what, three weeks ago where the Vikings kicked a 61-yard field goal to win it, to prevent it from going into overtime. And I had the Vikings winning this game, but now... You know, I'll let you go off on this, and then uh, I'll make my official pick after. Yeah, this game's definitely hard for me. Don't get me wrong. Whoever wins this game, I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed the next round. But deciding this game itself, I think, is pretty hard. Because, I mean, me as an avid sports better, um, one of my sayings is always don't fade the Vikings at home because it's always rocking. But me – Looking into this game, it's really looking like the Giants are um, – it, it's going in their favor. Because I think um, there's a report out that Brian O'Neill, their right tackle, is going to be hurt. Um, Garrett Bradbury, their center – or the Vikings center is probably going to be hurt. Um, Laure, uh, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, they got a whole week of rest against the Eagles – they're two of the better interior pass rushers in the league. Put Kayvon Thibodeau on that right tackle that's going to be replacing O'Neal. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be under a lot of pressure. And thank God he has Justin Jefferson because, I mean, the Giants aren't really good at covering people, but if if they double-team Justin Jefferson, I I think the pass rush gets too quick to Kirk. I don't, I don't see how – the Vikings really score too many points. And if you look at the Giants, Dable is a coach that I could trust, the scheme people open. And, you know, the Vikings are one of these two high safety teams that adopt from Brandon Staley and Vic Fangio that, you know, I hate that my Hawks adopted too because it's terrible against the run. Like, literally, you take all the teams that take this defense and they are, like, bottom of the league against the run. I think Saquon has an absolute field day, and I think they, I think in the end they upset the Vikings. But it's definitely a game I don't bet on because I I just don't fade 
the Vikings in Minneapolis just because it's a rocking place and one of the harder places to play. That, yeah, the, this this is absolutely a stay away game for me because I I won't be shocked by either outcome. Minnesota's only favored by three, so it's a key number if you want to take either side. I, I, man, I I really don't have a lean in this because I feel like the money is going to be on the Giants, like 80% to 20% because nobody trusts the Vikings. Nobody likes the Vikings. But this is the kind of Vikings game that they're going to win because they're, they're a stupid team and stupid things are going to happen. And they're going to end up winning by like two or even three. But you're, you're right. With the defense that the Vikings do play, given the fact that the Giants don't have any receivers that you're scared of anyways, I think Saquon, after having two weeks off almost, he should be back to form because he started off amazing and then tailed off. I don't know if it was just the attrition of the season or that injury bothered him way more than we were led to believe. Um, you know, what? I'm going to go. I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my original pick of the Vikings winning because you're right. Whoever wins this game is going to get destroyed in the following week. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the, well, I guess the Giants could technically play the Eagles next week. If the, because the Hawks aren't going to play the Eagles because they'll be eliminated. And the Vikings would play San Francisco, which, I mean, is there any more slam dunk of a pick than picking the Niners against the Vikings? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's the same as, hopefully, the spread's within a touchdown because I just get free money off the 49ers or the Eagles. If well, uh, yeah, I guess it'd just be the 49ers. Yeah, so I'll take the Giants to cover the three because I think it'll be like the last game where it was. They lost by three. They lost yeah. a second field goal. Vikings eke it out only to get lambasted the next week. What is your official pick for this week? Oh, man. I I, I hyped up the Giants. Like, I won't be surprised if they win, but I, I just can't go against the Vikings at home. I, I just can't. With the luck they've gotten this year, I, I my final pick is going to be the Vikings. All right. We are definitely going to die on this on this game. I, I can already see it. Oh, yeah. All right. The Sunday night game has the six games on a Monday, which I, I still don't know if I like, to be honest. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. I was just looking for updated news. It is Tuesday night when we're talking about this, so there could be something – um, about this later in the week. They do play on Sunday. Lamar Jackson, still no idea if he's playing. Uh, the big news for Ravens today was that uh, Roquan Smith got a massive extension, um, which was deserved. I think he was the reason why the Ravens defense has been galvanized in the last half of the season. Um the Bengals, I mean, this is a game we just saw last week. Granted, the Ravens weren't starting Dobbins, Lamar. Tyler Huntley didn't even play. Uh, Mark Andrews didn't play. Cincinnati's favored by seven. But I think this game is close. Um, look, we saw with the Bengals last year in all four games, the, the offense didn't look particularly great 
for long stretches, but they found ways to win the game. I think with a division rival playing for a third time, even if Lamar doesn't play, I think this game is close because that Ravens defense is really, really good. Um, and Burrow looked bad last week. Um, he missed guys wide open. Um, they had him mic'd up on the sideline. He kept saying that he was missing dudes and apologizing. Uh, I think he looks better this week, but I think it'll be a lower scoring game. The over under is only forty two. I think it'll. I think the total points would probably be like around forty five. And I can see the Bengals winning like twenty five to twenty. That's kind of how I see this game going. The Ravens will not turn the ball over four times. And the Bengals won't look as sloppy as they did. You know, with the week that they had to go through. Um, I'll forgive a bit of sloppiness of the uncertainty and the the rage about the playoffs. We we can discuss that in a, once we talk about the rest of the games. But I, I'm leaning Cincinnati, but I'll take the Ravens and the points. Um, three division games this this week. Last time that happened. I, what's your take on the game? Yeah, I I totally agree with you. I mean, I'll. When I'm talking about this, I'm totally assuming that Lamar Jackson's playing. Because if Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown or whoever play, Bengals are totally going to take this game. Um, There'd be no excuses if Lamar doesn't play. That yeah. Way. Yeah, Brown. so this take is totally if Lamar plays. Um, if, you know, the Bengals, probably the best run defense in the league, um, if not top five. I, I mean, the Niners are probably – a little bit better, but I the Bengals with DJ Reader are so good in the run game. And what do the Ravens want to do? They want to run the ball. So run game probably won't be there too much. Um, I think the way that you attack the Bengals is definitely the their outside corners with a woozy out and Eli Apple's not that good. But I mean the Ravens don't really have they have nobody's at receiver. So I think it's a it's a good matchup for um, for the Bengals defensively. But with Lamar in and Mark Andrews in this time around, I think you definitely get that improvisational effect where you really got to account for Lamar's wheels and um, Mark Andrews coming across. So it, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be really scrappy because I'll, I'll move over to like the Cincinnati – um, on offense side, like the the Ravens extended Roquan Smith for a reason. They they have a really good defense, especially in the secondary, which match up, matches up pretty well Cincinnati. Um, I, I I'd say the weakness of this defense is probably they don't really have any edge rushers, um, or like a, a prominent pass rusher that could get to Joe Burrow. But one thing they are good at is scheming up blitzes, and I think. I remember you sending out on Twitter that the right guard on the Bengals is out, which could be big on picking up those blitzes. So I think it's going to be a very low scoring and scrappy game. Um, more, more than what people expect. Um, but at the same time, like I can't go against Joe Burrow at home with these weapons and this run stuffing defense against Lamar. So um I totally agree with you. I'd take the Bengals to win and uh, Baltimore to cover the spread. Yeah, and if you think Lamar's playing, get it, get the plus seven now because you're not going to have that if he if he's practicing. 
that number's going down because he hasn't practiced in five weeks. So if he is practicing, it means that he is going to be playing most likely because I can't imagine they would try to get him out there at practice and then he ends up not playing. But this game, to me, I think will say everything that I need to know about offensive line because with Lyle Collins gone for the year now, Alex Kappa seeming like he's week to week. He's not going to play this week. If they can get past this defense, I think it's another because before DeMar Hamlin got injured, it looked like the Bengals were going to go up 14-3 to on the Bills' defense um, before DeMar went down because they went down and scored with – I won't even say relative. He's like it, it was – there was no effort being put forth towards that scoring drive. And they were already in bank, Bills' territory when DeMar went down. Um, the Chiefs' defense obviously doesn't scare him because the Bengals have taken it to him three times in 2022. Um, the Chargers defense, eh, we, we saw kind of the same team against the Bengals last year. And I believe it was a route by the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then if the Jaguars end up meeting them in the AFC Championship, same thing. I don't beat the Jacksonville defense that much. Um, so this, this game, I will be watching this game very, very closely. Oh, I'm sorry. The Chargers absolutely pounded the Bengals last year, 44 to 22. So uh, I don't remember stuff very well. I think that the Bengals will just find they will find a way to win this game. Um, it won't shock me if this game is a mirror image of the one that they played earlier in the season, where the Ravens won. I think 23 to 20. Uh, it was a last-second Tucker field goal to win it. I look. McPherson has been scary. This year, there have been times where he's been completely on point and won't miss. And he was the reason they kept winning games last year. So with him coming into the playoffs and not being out from last year, I'm a little nervous about that aspect. And I think that the reverse happened this year where he bites them in the ass by missing a crucial goal to clinch the game. But I don't think it'll happen this week. Um I don't think it's crazy to say this could be the Bengals' toughest matchup of the of who of who they would see in the playoffs. No, I I don't disagree with you. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll get a little, I'll spoil a little bit. I I have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl in the AFC, just because I think this is their toughest matchup. It wouldn't surprise me if Baltimore wins, but um, I mean, the way we both have the AFC so far. I think their next two matchups, the way they play defense, we'll get to it later. I I think that it's a much easier matchup than playing a scrappy Baltimore team. Mm-hmm. And if Baltimore does win this and Lamar Jackson does come back, oh, watch out because I think I think the Ravens will. I think the Ravens will take the AFC straight up. Yeah, I have any hesitation saying that because that with the defense combined with whatever the, they can cobble together on defense will be terrifying but we'll talk about that after we talk about the last game on monday night this is an abc game it is espn cowboys at buccaneers so tampa didn't play their starters the entire game unlike the chargers they played about two quarters um nothing to glean from that game um they they did it again 
against the Panthers to clinch the AFC or the NFC South. Um, they look terrible for most of the game and then find stupid ways to win the game and make me very angry. The Panthers showing the same look for Mike Evans three times, for, only for him to go for 200 yards and three touchdowns. And up against a team that looked – Dak probably had his worst game last week, and you can't you can't tell me it was all because of – well, they knew they weren't going to get the one suit, so they didn't have a whole lot to play for. Like, they played the whole game, and they still got their butts whooped by Sam Howell and the Commanders, led by a guy who didn't know they got eliminated from the playoffs. I am taking the Bucks to win this game. Purely because I just I don't trust the Cowboys when it comes time to to win a game, and if this game is even remotely close in the fourth quarter, I will have zero doubts that the Bucks will find a way to win the game because that's all they've done to win their games this year. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I the the Cowboys every year they get all this hype. We them boys, we're going to the Super Bowl, but. They're they're just so overhyped every year. And, I mean, this team is definitely flawed. Like, I mean, you see Micah Parsons in the high – like, everywhere. And, I mean, that's, like, really – him and Trayvon Diggs are – I I dig myself in a hole if I make that take. But, I – yeah. Takeaways? Yeah. I mean, I I think they're – they're not very good defensively. I think you could definitely expose them against the run. They don't have like Leighton Vanderish might be out. Anthony Barr's not good against the run. Micah Parsons is an edge rusher, so he won't impact the run game that much. I know the Bucks haven't run that well this year, but they keep insisting on trying though. Yeah. I this is just such a hard game to predict. Like, it's just one of those things where I just take Dallas's playoffs experience where, you know, they're always the favorite, then they lose from all this hype, and Mike McCarthy chokes. Like, it's it's definitely just one of those situations. And I mentioned before, it's like a four versus five where, you know, Dallas is favored going into Tampa – the four seed barely wins their division. Like the hype's going to be there. And I mean, Tampa Bay, like recently their offense has been clicking. They've been getting big plays and Dallas has been giving up a lot of big plays, even against Washington with Sam Howell. So I think Brady has a couple splash plays in here. They, they run the ball decently well, like five yards of carry. I, I think this is definitely like a weed and boys spot where they, Losing the playoffs. I think people will be more shocked if the Cowboys. I don't think anyone, even though the Bucks are dogs in this game, no one is going to be shocked that the Bucks win come Tuesday morning. They're going to be like, yeah, yeah, we should have saw that coming. Yeah, the Cowboys, you know, uh, they, uh, Mike McCarthy's face looking like a dumb dumb at the end of the game because he made some kind of blunder that cost him the game. Dak with his. Just, I, I need to do a full deep dive on what the hell happened with Dak this year because he's the absolute opposite of what he has been his entire career. He never turned the ball over at the rate that he has. And he had – he could have been three picks on Sunday 
obviously two of them weren't caught, so it didn't count. But he could have easily been leading the league with interceptions while missing five games. Uh, I don't know what's happened with him. And you couple that with Mike McCarthy making decisions. I don't trust this team. I really don't. Yeah, you're you're spot on. I this is total up, upset spot. And also, the saying always is don't fade Brady. This is totally one of those situations where Tom Brady will get the ball with down with like two minutes left, and he'll co- go down and score. It it just screams out, you know, Tom Brady goat comeback in and Dallas playoff choker. It totally just screams. This whole game screams that out. So I, I, I'm all down on the Bucks on this game. But hey, if it does happen, I think the Cowboys are shoo-ins to get Sean Payton as head coach next. Because I don't think there's any way Jones keeps McCarthy if that does happen, which it will happen. Because I, like I don't want to say this is the easiest game to call this week, but this might be. This would be like a a lock for me that this is what happens. Um, like I said, when we talk next week, I will be shocked if the Cowboys win and the Bucks are going home. Yeah, I, I don't think I, I totally agree with you. I think I don't think he'll be on the Bucks next year, but I, I don't think he'll retire. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like I said before, we even started this podcast. Like the hardest games for me were Chargers and Jacksonville and uh, New York and Minnesota, and then maybe Baltimore and Cincinnati, but. This is one of those situations where I, I I I just see Tampa Bay just winning this game. Like I I don't care that Micah Parsons is defensive player of the year. I think one factor I didn't bring up is that Tristan Wurst might be back. And that'd be huge to stop Micah Parsons too. So I think everything just lines up for Tampa Bay to win this game. It's and you know, I I'm looking at it right now. Ryan Jensen might even be back. Oh, God. Which would be huge for the Bucks. And if he is back and Tristan Wirfs is back and the Bucks win, look, um, I guess we can segue into it right now. I think the Bucks beat the Eagles in the divisional. They we'll made, say that. I, I, I don't think that happens. but They made them look silly last year. Uh, but, all right, so to recap, for me, I've got San Francisco minus 10, San Francisco to win, Chargers minus 1, Buffalo minus 9, Giants plus 3, Minnesota to win that game, and then Baltimore plus 7 and Cincinnati to win, Bucks plus 2.5, and, and the Bucks to outright win. So we got two dogs, only one dog winning. Um, I think it's a little unfair that the Chargers are favored, but whatever. What What is your official Wild, super wild card weekend. Excuse me. Sorry, NFL uh, predictions. All right. So I got San Francisco winning and covering the minus 10. I got Jacksonville winning and covering, obviously, because they're underdogs. I got Buffalo winning, but Miami covering. Uh, Was it at minus or plus one, nine and a half? Um. Uh, bold prediction. I, I'm I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna say Minnesota wins and they cover the three, even though I talked up the Giants. Um, Cincinnati wins, but Baltimore covers, and then 
uh, we both agree Tampa Bay wins and covers. All right, so let's move on to the big picture. We don't have to go game by game. We can just talk championships. So for the championship yeah. games, I have Bengals, Chargers, 49ers, Eagles, and then I have Bengals, Niners in the Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow getting his revenge and finally getting his ring. Now, this 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 is my heart, but also my head. I, I do think that there is there are worrying signs about the Bengals, particularly with the injuries. But I still think as a team, they're the best team in the AFC when you look at both offense and defense. And if McPherson can be on the steady and narrow, they'll be good. And then the Niners, like I said, I think the Niners run train through the entire NFC. And it only gets stopped because the Bengals have an answer for their defense, which is it's going to be a tall task. But this is what I want. But I would be okay if the Chargers or Bills are representing the AFC as well. I I love Herbert. I love Allen and, and, and Lawrence and, and Jackson too. Like, I don't hate the Chiefs. I don't have anything against them. But, you know, I I feel like if the Chiefs made the Super Bowl again and won it, it, it would make Chiefs fans absolutely insufferable and they'd be – Basically, like the new Patriots, where just nobody likes them anymore. They're not fun. Um, yeah, that's that's how I see it. But I do love Mahomes. But what 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 do you have for the championship games and then Super Bowl pick? Yeah, I think I talked about it a little bit because I think next round I'll, I'll start on the AFC side. Um, the Bengals just have that ultimate defense that counters Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes where they rush three, drop eight, and they can afford to do that when you have DJ Reader and Sam Hubbard because they, they they can stop the run with a three-man front and then they have nowhere to throw. They have a spy. I think that defense will just – it it will overbear Buffalo and Kansas City, and it's proven to work. I mean, I know – you could argue a couple calls and whatnot every time the Chiefs and Bengals have played. But, you know, the matter of fact is Joe Burrow's 3-0 against Kansas City because that defense works. They literally came back because they switched to that defense in last year's AFC Championship. So I think because of those matchups, and like I said earlier, I think Baltimore's their toughest test. If they could win that, I think, I think they're in the Super Bowl on the AFC side and on the NFC side. um, I've said it since October, since forever, it's going to be Eagles and 49ers in the championship. I mean, you could come up with any scenario in the wild card round for matchups. I know you might have Tampa Bay upsetting the Eagles, but. um, Oh, wait, no, I don't. I have the Niners and Eagles in the championship. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my bad. Um, but yeah, I, those teams, those two teams are just so good compared. I mean, the NFC overall is pretty weak. Like you said, like like the top five quarterback list I had was all AFC quarterbacks. So, I mean, the AFC, I mean, I'd say the competition overall in the AFC is better, but I think where we defer is, I think 
the Eagles and the 49ers are far superior than any AFC team. Where if I were to choose the 49ers or the Eagles, I would choose the Eagles because um, if you look at the Eagles, they they are the one team in the league where you could point to anywhere where they have zero flaws. They have the pass rush. Um, they probably get Jordan Davis back, hopefully for the postseason, because the one way you could attack them is how the commanders beat them and running the ball. Um, but they have the linebackers. They have a six secondary. Their defense is really good. Offensive line is probably the best in the league. They're, they just traded for A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith's come around as a wide receiver, too. Miles Sanders is a beast. Dallas Goddard is a beast. And um, Jalen Hurts. I mean, before the season, I literally – I kid you not, I was talking to Zach a little bit during 4th of July, and we're just cutting it up talking football. And uh, I, I told him, Eagles would be the Super Bowl champion if they did not have Jalen Hurts. And – I think Jalen Hurts has taken so much strides. I think my comparison for him is he's Tua, but with athleticism and legs, where he, he's a smart decision maker, um, could run the RPO game very well. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think the 49ers are flawed because of the fact that they have Brock Purdy at quarterback. I think that will be the death of them in the NFC Championship. I know I'll give him his flowers. He's been playing well. He came into Seattle, played well. Um, he's undefeated. But I just think this, the difference maker between those two teams is that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. And what it comes down to half the time, I think what scares me about the Eagles the most is if Lane Johnson isn't there, that's – I think that's probably the most underrated story for the Eagles set. If he's gone, he's so critical to that offensive line. I don't if they're if they're missing him at tackle. Um Oh, is he hurt? I didn't I know, did not hear about that. Yeah, yeah so he he's he, he put off surgery to try and play in the postseason, but it's not guaranteed that he is there for it. Um, it's a core injury. He's got a torn abductor muscle. Mm. Um, yeah, he might be there for the divisional round, but um, it's a very real possibility that he misses at least that week and then maybe comes back. But even if, even if he comes back, he might not be at full strength. Um, it, it, it's injuries and the fact that the Eagles haven't looked very good in Month. Granted, Hurts didn't play two of the games, but um, I feel like they peaked at the wrong time. And we've seen that with teams where they look like the most dominant team in the NFL and then kind of taper off and limp into the playoffs and then get blasted in the divisional round. You know, we saw it with the Ravens. The Cardinals started 7-0. and The Steelers started 12-0. and Granted, I think everyone thought they were frauds. They got destroyed in the wild card. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's going to be that with the Eagles because I do think the Eagles are great. But between injuries and the fact that I haven't seen them play an amazing game, like I really think they should have came out and went all in because the the Giants were playing backups and they still only put up 19 points. And the Giants, 
if Davis Webb was like subpar level quarterback, the Giants could have won that game, which would have kicked the Eagles out of the first game. So hopefully they use mm-hmm. it by to their advantage. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a that's a good point. But if I do remember, I think uh the Eagles if their backup tackle might be Andre Dillard, who they picked in the first round, I don't think he'd be too shabby of a backup. So I might still go with the Eagles, even though having Lane Johnson out's a huge, huge rip. But yeah, I, I, I just think that Nick Sirianni and like how stacked they are all around and the fact that they have backups, um, I, I I still would take the Eagles over the 49ers. I I think the Eagles are plus five hundred to win the Super Bowl. I'm I think I'm gonna put a little bit of money on that. I guess well we can look at the Super Bowl odds right now, close us out of here. Yeah. Uh, either way, this is the most excited I've been for the playoffs in a long time. Not so much in the NFC thing we talked about. It's a pretty it's pretty weak. It's very top-heavy. It reminds me of the AFC conferences from, like, the Peyton and Brady days where you had those two at the top and then sometimes a Philip Rivers-led Chargers team or the Ben Roethlisberger's would come in and make a, a stink or you had the Mark Sanchez years with the Jets. It's kind of the feeling I'm getting from from this NFC. But the AFC is... It's as good as I think I've ever seen. I cannot wait to get this kicked off. Yep, and you know some upset's going to happen that you don't expect, and it's just going to screw up your whole prediction. So I'm totally looking forward to who who the upset is. Hopefully it's my Seahawks, but that's just prayers and dreams. No, like I said, if it is the Hawks, it would be – well, it'd be catastrophic to my picks because it'd blow up my whole NFC, but uh, I I don't hate chaos when it's not the team that I'm rooting for getting kicked out. Um, but like I said, if the Bengals do end up losing at some point, um, there's, there's five other quarterbacks that I would be very happy to see in the Super Bowl. A worst, like my worst case scenario for this playoffs would be like Giants, Dolphins, like, that just sounds disgusting even thinking about it. (laughs) No way that that I say that wouldn't be exciting. I think, yeah, I think, but outside of that, man, uh, even for Vikings to make it into the Super Bowl, I would be happy because I've got so many Vikings family members that um, I wouldn't hate seeing them in. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I think. <laughs> it it would solve every Kirk Cousins debate because everyone's either super high on him or super low on him, <laughs> whatever you think. Yeah, because yeah, if you're super low on him, you, everyone would be like, "Well, he's a Super Bowl champion, so you know, suck on it, take that what you will." <sighs> but all right, man, this was great. Same time next week. You down? Oh yeah, let's do it. I'm all totally- right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed this big mega playoff cast and we will talk to you guys next Wednesday to recap wildcard and then 
discuss what will be a pretty eventful divisional round I am anticipating. But all right, well, take care, everyone. We'll talk to you later.